Welcome to the Afternoon Nap. Welcome. I'm your host, Freddy Nap, and joining me on the run from the Sith is none other than Jedi Master, Alex Nap. And brother. This <laughs> We do two shows a week. This show, in-depth analysis and review of some of the biggest TV shows in the world. This week, we're doing what, Fred? None other than Obi-Wan Kenobi. Disney Plus, coming up next. Well, I, I think the show really was sold because it was sold as the Obi Wan and Vader series. Yeah, we're bringing Hayden back. We got McGregor. You know, he's back as Vader. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. You want to see it because you want to see these guys fight again, right? Yeah. We want to see what happens. But with that comes a lot of problems that people pointed out from the start, right? Yeah. What are the stakes with that coming in? We know who wins, who loses. None of them. Well, it, it's hard also because unlike with Mandalorian, where we're focusing on a time in between, but it's a character we have no idea what happens and they can really do anything. Here, I know where the character starts. I know where the character ends. And, you know, you're really trying to fill out this middle, and that's kind of hard to do. That's I mean, that's everybody was touting from the very beginning, like, this is a tough task. This is like a even like and Alex, if they succeeded, we would have been applauding them well, for, for how. Let's see, let's see if they succeed. I'm I'm let's here see. on the pod declaring it was not a success. I will go over why you think that. <laughs> let's see. Uh, my main question, which I have an answer to, is a uh, Hayden in the suit. You know, they're bringing back Hayden to be Darth Vader. What is he actually doing? So it's a three man crew. Well, actually four if you count the voice being uh, James Earl Jones. But we have, yeah. we have stuntman Dmitry Spostrovsky. He answered a number of fan queries recently. He said, uh, we all work together to create the best Darth Vader in cinematic history. And I'm like, is it the best Darth Vader in cinematic history? Wait, this is the best Vader in cinematic history? I'm just saying, you know, the Vader from the 80s is pretty freaking dope. Uh, whatever. It's uh, it's Hayden. It's Tim O'Connell. And it is uh, Bistrevsky as well. Right? So there's all different sizes. I heard about this Tommy guy. Tom, Tom O'Connell. So I've heard the most about him. Yeah, so again, it's uh, a lot of these guys have different sizes and stuff. So like, uh, so like Bistrevsky's six seven. So oh. you're gonna have him in like kind of the hallway scenes because he's such an imposing figure. Okay, right. Tom O'Connell is doing more like a, a lot of the fighting work. Like he is the fighting. Oh, okay. okay right, and then Hayden is like doing a lot of your more emotional Vader stuff, which is I don't know what that is even. Well, I've heard him talk. He makes it sound like he's trying to do as much hallway and stuff like that. He's trying to because he's trying to theoretically emote presence. I don't know if he did that because I just think because we were talking when we were watching the show. We're like. Vader, the costume, as a present cinematically, is one of the greatest things you'll ever see. It just works. His, but also just the way, you know, the red of the lightsaber bounces off him is just some of those cinematic stuff you'll ever see. Yeah, I don't know. I was I was looking back at some of his scenes from uh, Empire, and he's just like, he's like a lot more hulking in Empire, I feel like. You know, just the way he's like carrying himself, he's pumping his chest out over Luke. And I'm just like, wow, this Vader is like, the prestige TV version of Vader. Yeah. Like we're getting like, you know, uh, in the glass, we see his reflection looking at a planet from far away. Like you have a lot of those like TV shots. Yeah. But I feel like from this, you're missing that kind of like, 
you have it a little bit where I'm the badass, but I need him like kind of lording over well, guys. I didn't get enough Rogue One Vader, which I think a lot of people think that might be some of the greatest Vader we've ever got because it's, it's what we know he can do. He could in two minutes destroy an army. Yeah, a little bit on the planet. Well, I, I, here's my thing. In one of the coolest scenes in episode five, he's trying to, he's taking that plane out and then I feel like they just... They just shit all over you. They go, oh, no, there's another plane hiding behind there. I'm no, like, listen, we understand why they do it. They, I, we, I, want, we want to show that Vader is still the brash young kid of Anakin. He can't think that was, when he's angry. I know. But but I was, I was just like, they're, they're able to perfectly line it up right behind the other ship. To me, that's just some I think dumb. application. Application I thought was pretty stupid. Right? But the concept is there. We, we get that. All right. But, I mean, we're, we're, shitting, on, we're shitting on this a lot. At least right. I'm shitting on No, I'm just saying, like, we're definitely talking about this from a negative critical standpoint. But why is that? Like, what is Star Wars to us, right? Because a lot of people are coming out of the season finale and the series being like, wow, you know what? I really enjoyed it. It was kind of a hit. Uh, I'll take all of the bad stuff. I don't care because I actually really enjoyed the ending, the fight scene. Well, and I feel like we should also have a, a conversation about about how this is a nostalgic show for some and for others I think even our generation, it's not as much. No, for even for a lot of our generation, it is because our generation is full of people loving the prequels. I know, but we were just so we were talking about uh, friend of the pod, John, the other day. Yeah, friend of the pod, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. Um, and he's talking about how much of a big deal Leia is to him, and I don't think to us. Well, this show is the perfect breach between generations. We have the the prequels guys being like, "Oh, that's our Ewan McGregor. That's our that's our Vader. That's our guys." And then you have. Like people like our our parents, people like friend of the pod John, right? And I love the friend of the pod, friend of the pod, and uh, they're drawn to the original trilogy, and like they, uh, they had a really tough task being like, we're gonna draw in both groups, OG trilogy guys, boomers. We're also gonna draw in these kind of younger folks, and we're gonna see you know if we can get them all to watch our show. Yeah, we're going to try. We're going to try. Now, they did succeed. Everybody watched it. Everybody did watch it. It was... Is uh, it? It was a hit. Oh, it was a massive hit. I, um, I'm i assuming their numbers have only gone up. Like... Yeah. Now, also, we should also talk. It's a little bit of a fuck you, I feel like, to Miss Marvel. Because they're like... Uh, yeah. What On the season finale of the show, Doctor Strange came out. Miss Marvel came out. And Obi-Wan came out on the same day. It wasn't the season finale of Miss Marvel. No, season finale of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Which is ridiculous, and I'm like, yo, do you guys, I'm not even watching Miss Marvel anymore. I'm watching Miss Marvel. I'll, I'll binge it when it's over. I'm not That's, watching it like Wednesday night, though. I know, I used to, like, even with Moon Knight, it was like, alright, it's Wednesday night, gotta get it done. Yeah, Moon Knight, I didn't, Moon Knight, I, I just watched it after. Moon well, no, was... after the first three. Yeah, what are we gonna do with these, with these Disney Plus shows? Alright, whatever. But, I mean, Well, a... no, but this is all part of the conversation, that these are these Disney Plus shows shows that in a lot of cases I think would be better off as films. And has some of the largest budgets of all time. It's my thing, though. They spent these same budgets and they made two-hour tight stories. This Obi-Wan movie could have been a tight two-hour story. Yeah, but how does that get into the money banks of uh, Disney Plus? It doesn't. What Disney Plus wants is, is they want their shows to be air They want shows that air weekly on Disney Plus to up viewership numbers. Listen, it's a two-way streak. Like, we're not getting this stuff without Disney Plus. But now that we have it, we want we want it done th on, on theatrical films. Right? But we're not getting any of it without Disney Plus. There's no Mandalorian without Disney Plus. There's no Mandalorian without Disney Plus. Right? I'm saying we're not getting without Disney Plus, but at the same time, we wish they would now, with with this money they have they're putting towards Disney Plus, they'd make it in theatrical. 
You would hope, or I'm okay if they had a two-hour movie on Disney Plus if it was just good. Like my, but ish- that does not get them viewer. Get them. They want lasting viewership over weeks. Well, putting Doctor Strange 45 days after theaters on Disney Plus gets viewership. Yeah, but great. But if they want a lasting properties like Star Wars with proven results in The Mandalorian, even Book of Boba Fett, which a lot of people disliked, including us at times, right? Yeah, when it wasn't Mando Part 2. Yeah. They had lasting viewership. And that brings, that keeps subscribers lasting viewership. Yeah. Right? So that's all that's about. But in terms of satiating thirst... Right. Well, what, what are well, we looking well, for? Wait. So, so does it bring lasting viewership? Because, because what a lot of people say is, and Netflix has said this, quality brings lasting viewership. And they've, and Netflix himself has said, like, you know, a drop down in our quality means that those viewers who are looking for this kind of entertainment, they're not going to come to us anymore. Right. But I think a lot of people at the end of this show left with a oh, good, yeah. with well, a good feeling thing. in that, their mouth. That's also the thing about Star Wars. When I talk to certain people like John. Friend of the like, pod, John. Friend of the pod. You know, we just got we just got to get like, like two seconds of Scorsese talking that we can be like, yeah, friend of the pod, Scorsese. Friend of the pod. No, no, listen. That's what I'm talking about. Like what satiates out there is what are we looking for with Star Wars? People watch the end fight scene and we'll just talk about this right now. Why? Why specifically? I'll just tell you why I didn't like the fight scene, right? Okay. When I'm looking at fight scenes, and I've I've talked about some of my favorite fight scenes in 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 just history. Let's just talk about TV, right? It's the it's Jon Snow marching to his death at Battle of the Bastards, right? It's uh, it's Ozymandias that fight scene at the end of uh, Breaking Bad, right? Yeah, it's, but, uh, it's everything you're talking about has emotional. That's stakes. what I'm talking about: emotional stakes, right? Actual physical stakes. What happens at the end of this fight with Vader and, and Obi-Wan? Like, there's no outcome. Well, also, I know they're both still alive. I know the outcome. There's no, like, thing they're fighting over. It's My like, whole thing when I'm watching this fight is like, oh, is Obi-Wan going to be able to fight and have enough time to get back to Tatooine to save Luke? Like, it's just like, no, that's not stakes. Right. I mean, I understand what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do was, okay, uh, this is the only way for Obi-Wan to get over his perceived guilt over Anakin. But but really? I mean, there's no physical stakes there. No, nah, there's none. Right? There's none. Also, like, to me, a lot of people have been bashing on me for saying this, but to me, when I was watching this fight, it was just people throwing rocks at each other. Happens to be the fight itself was nice looking. It looked nice, but it didn't have scale. No, I actually, I did not mind the fight. Right? You know what? I, I what, what were you hoping they were gonna do? Like, what's your idea of scale within Star Wars? Scale within Star Wars is we're on a planet and we're throwing. I like the idea we're on like a planet with like buildings, construction. Even if it's oh, they like, can't throw buildings because they're not. They that can. When in, when in Star Wars lore has anybody thrown a building? If Vader can hold a ship up he's like that, he's a ship. He's not throwing like a skyscraper at people. That's what I want. No, but he, I don't, he doesn't have that ability. You, you sure about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're not. They're, they don't do that in Star Wars. All right, pause. Why no no pause this? Pepper's gonna bark. Let her bark. I'm just gonna take care of this. All right, I mean, we, we've talked, but in general, like, what are we looking for in Star Wars, right? I, I mean, we're we're not looking at this from. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the of, well, of the IP. What did you walk into this series expecting? 
Right, so what I told you is I was really not expecting such a huge draw to canon, right? Like we spoke, I wished Obi-Wan story revolved around people not like Leia and not like Luke, where it is so hard to fit a story in where their entire characters are, they were on Naboo. They were just chilling on Tatooine. I know. It's very hard to fit in a story when, you, when you're doing something like well, that. I thought actually what the show was originally doing in its first episode would have been a great plot. The idea that like, there's these Jedis that are on the run and Obi-Wan has to come and help them. And maybe it's Obi-Wan's reason they're on the run. Maybe Obi-Wan... Yeah, well, you, you had a great theory of, of, of what this show was going to be. But this is what I thought the show was going to be. Um, which is similar to Reva's actual plot line, is Obi-Wan sent that transmission at the end of Revenge of the Sith to Coruscant. And what happened was, is that all these people died because of it. Everybody's family in the Jedi Order died because of this. And now he's got to come to terms with this. He's actually got to save people that he impacted in a negative way. I think that would have been awesome. Right? I feel like that's the show. I feel like that's Softy's character. I I don't really know. I didn't really get a lot of Softy, but that would have been awesome. I'm just saying, like... Why why attach him to Leia? I, I don't know. To draw because, in be, the... Be, because people are like, Leia, my issues with Leia is, is she, come, first of all, she enters the show and comes out of the show as the character she is at age 16. And I'm like, she's 10. She's not... Like, they're acting like she is ready to rumble. Ready to rumble. And I'm like, no, you're 10 years old. At 16, you're supposed to be like, you know... Like this great time has been put up has been put upon you, and you and it's your time to come up. But like she's like, nah, I was born at every second, you know. I'm a yeah, but that that's I'm fine. related to Vader because also Luke at the same time, you know, Luke. When I see him in uh in the first Star Wars New Hope, it's like you know what? I've always wanted something greater, but not until this moment has been put in front of me. Am I able to put the chips down? I also didn't I... know what that meant. I didn't see a dude already fight a lights fight with lightsabers at age ten. Like, exactly, that didn't happen. Like whatever, that's such a small. Oh, that I, I was a real issue for me. It's such a small nitpick. No, nah, but it's it's a massive. No, I'm saying, nitpick, but why, why lend yourself to these characters with the exception of views? Right? I feel like Kathleen's only idea of success is mass viewership from fans. Yeah, well, she, if fans like her, that's all she cares about. I think she's more concerned about the bottom line. Also, I don't know, because I, I, you know we do a lot of Kathleen bashing, but I don't know how much is the president set down by the uh, the Disney board, and you know, and also Bob Chapek. A lot of people like to shit on Bob Chapek these days. He's not Iger. He's not Iger. As uh, but Iger he, was around when, when the pre when the sequels came out. And the sequels came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who, was, who gave the go-ahead for Finn's oh, character? Oh, that was, that was, that was Iger, baby. Who gave the go-ahead to, to, oh, the Chinese audience needs appeasing? Okay, so Finn will just oh, yeah. no take one it back to Nobody cares more about the Chinese audience than Iger. Iger I'm just saying, big. like, who who let that happen? Iger. Uh, I don't know. These these heads of Star Wars, just I don't feel like they care about creative at all. They don't. Right? They That's don't. why. Well, no, no, no. They were, they were like Favreau's made two. He's made us um, an almost billion in Jungle Book. He made us a bill with Lion King, and he pretty and he much wants, started the MCU. He started the MCU. If he wants to do a Mando show with this Filoni guy, I could, de I could definitely. See. <laughs> they just hate Filoni. No, 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 no. They, they hate him. They're just like, oh yeah, those animated Star Wars shows, sure. It's like uh, how the dudes talk about Draper, like creative. It's like how Duck talks about Exa Draper. Exactly. Creative. I'm just like, they're just like, yeah, those, you know, 
animated star they're just like i don't even know what you're talking about he's like clone wars what is that like yeah what but is like it? and then they made the show and they're like oh apparently other people know who he is can't be that bad. Yeah, like duck sets his drink on the gun. Artistic, I do, I, artistic temperament. I love that you're just like they act. They they treat him like duck. That's great. No, That's I mean great. there's a reason why Favreau and Filoni stick up for Kathleen on every border because they let she lets him them do whatever they want to do. Whatever they want to do. Yeah, you want to make an Ahsoka show. You know it's going to be popular because we know you're going to attach your name to it and you're going to be you're going to be in. But the I, I I'm going to be honest. I think Favreau just has that power now. I think Favreau. Coming out of, but he needs Filoni. Nah, you gotta understand this though. Coming out of Jungle Book, yeah, there was a level of power he had at Disney, so he was able to both get Mando and uh, what was it, um, Lion King simultaneously greenlit, and made a ton of money. And then he, even though, despite like, look at the technology he had built and made for Lion King, despite how bad it is, because it's just an exact. Yeah, just it's it's hollow. It's hollow, and you can tell though. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I haven't even been spending my time on that. I'm going full time on Mando, which is just awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's already working on season four right now. Uh, I do think there was a little bit of issues with Boba. I don't know if that's a hundred percent his fault. It's definitely partly his fault with some of the partly i don't know also i don't know if i agree with the decision to like uh just get rodriguez in there yeah, to beat rodriguez to be your lead because he uh he's like he's their dude pretty much their showrunner of that show for he, first half for first half showrunner no he also did the last half like i would say but the, for the first half we switch off in the second half to get mano 2.5 yeah I mean, he's Filoni, not he's not involved at all with the with the man yeah, Filoni stuff. like said he's 2.5 i mean I mean, what Filoni is is the passing down of the torch. But the pro- thing, what's good about Filoni is that he doesn't have to deal with the technical side. He doesn't have to deal with the business side of it at all. Like, like uh, he does deal with the, the technical. I mean, I mean, like the technical business side of it. No, he doesn't. Right. Do what that. what Lucas hated doing all those years, right? Which was doing the business side, which he really sucked at. He loved the business side. What are you talking about? No, he liked the money. He didn't. Oh, like, okay. He didn't like dealing with 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 investors. And no, no, no. But he loved the toy stuff. Like he loved. The, he he like, liked making toys and like the manufacturing aspect of that. He doesn't like like dealing with money though. He likes just getting it. He yeah, wants it. Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. wants it in his bank account. He doesn't yeah. want to deal with investors. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't want to deal with like corporations. He hates all that shit. That's why he kept it like himself. It's, it's, it's great hearing uh, Coppola talk about him. He's like, yo, what a fucking money grabbing whore. That's that's how he talks about Lucas. In the video, in like apparently all those dudes like tried to sleep with his wife. Like Lucas's wife? Yeah, uh, like Schudmanger. I'm not surprised. It was just uh, have a hot wife, and he so. still called them all like his friends. They said on like a weekend they were all chilling, and like all of them, they passes at his wife. I don't know. Weird story. It really doesn't matter. I'm gonna be honest. I've read Easy Rider to Raging Bulls. It sounds like a lot of like Marty, talking. yeah, uh, Cameron. Well, Marty was bringing all these coked was was bringing not these Cameron. I don't know. Why I said Cameron. Yeah. Uh, uh, Marty was bringing all these coked up uh, girls. So they they would all go to the beach together. You gotta understand, there's all these guys like in the '70s. They would all go to the beach together. They would all chill. Freaking De Palma was there. Marty. Um, occasionally Spielberg would come, but Spielberg is like, I'm better. Like Spielberg had the energy of like, I'm better than all you guys. I'm like, I'm a company man. Yeah. He's, he's put together. He's nice. Well, he, he's this guy. Whenever you read actually Spielberg did not want, like, he was like, I'm here to go to work. I'm not here. I'm not here for the drugs. Yeah, Spielberg just comes in Revenge of the Sith. He's like, oh, you don't have any of this, of this Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight done. Okay. I'll just, I'll, 
I'll both storyboard it, film it, set it up for you, and just do it all. We'll just do it. And that's why it's one of the greatest fights in uh, cinematic history. Because guess who did it? One of the greatest guys in cinematic history. Well, he just understands the camera better than most. He's understands. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just understand Spielberg. Yeah, he understands storytelling better than yeah, yeah, ninety nine percent of people to ever live. Okay, what are we talking? He's just he's, operating. He's top one percent. Yeah. Um, if we didn't shit on this show enough, let's just go a little further. All the <laughs> outcomes are decided before the show started, and that's a little bit true. Were we doomed from the start? I agree we were. Both the stakes, macro and micro, they don't really mean anything. Right? Uh, your emotional beats are there in this story. I agree. Right? But your plot beats don't matter at so, all. Do you want to talk a little bit about the like what the show was originally supposed to be, why they cast all these cool people in it, and then... They go throw, go forward. Well, basically, supposedly, there was an initial plot line that they had for the show. It was written. They casted all these people from Ice Cube's son, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Kumal, what's her face from Game of Thrones, Shay, Shay, and uh, and they had this whole thing, and it was supposed to be a lot more uh, surrounding around protecting Luke. And basically, supposedly, they showed Favreau and Filoni the scripts, and they were like. Yeah, you know, why are you guys thinking so small? Like, you know, think bigger. Also, like, you know, try to throw in some characters. Also, it was supposed to be too similar to uh, Mando, Mando yeah. protecting the child. And then I'm like, and then I see what this script ends up being. And I'm like, this is still like a copy of Mando. We're protecting a child. Except the child, this time the child could talk and it's making it worse. And no, I mean, let's make it bigger. Add Leia. Boom. <laughs> okay. I, I know. And then, but also, I heard all these people that were cast, they all had different roles. Like, um, I believe Obi-Wan um, was supposed to be, like, in love with Shay. There was this whole plot line there. I know Kumal was supposed to have a much bigger role. Everybody. And then they just, these guys ended up showing up for, like, a few minutes. And I don't know why there's these big people in these show other than the fact that they're there. Like, I don't know what the fuck they're even doing there. They're just helping Obi get along his journey. That's all it is. I know. Now, you said the one thing which I think, which actually would make me more interested if, like, uh, Kumal came back and he had his own oh, show. Oh, that was on us. That was, that was Friend of the Pod John. Friend of the Pod. Friend of the Pod yeah. John was uh, Kumal learning the air of his ways through his, uh, he had to step up when uh, Obi-Wan came through. And now he's, like, working for the path. He's like working for the Underground Railroad with. Yeah, do, do you want that show? Do you want Underground Railroad? Star, Star Wars, the Underground Railroad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm watching that. You're not watching that? No, I'm asking. Um, if it's if they got what's his name back to direct it, let's. Who's go. what's his name? Um, who did the Underground Railroad? Barry Jenkins. They just get Jenkins is like, yo, yo, we're doing the exact same thing. O'Shea Jackson Jr., Kumail Nanjiani, Underground Railroad. Actually, with that cast, I'm kind of down. Like, that's I, I wouldn't get him. I wouldn't get Jenkins to direct. I would just get like a fun guy. But that could be a fun show, actually. Yeah, I'm talking of directors. Deborah Chow leaded led this project with with Kathleen. Like, we don't really know. Yeah, so that that would be like the first Star Wars thing. Like, not led by led by like two like not white guys. The first Star guy. Wars thing led by non-white guys. Um, Pedro's from Spain, right? But he's wearing the mask most of the time. That's like... Wearing, no, but is he from Spain? I believe so. Okay, fine. Whatever. He's from Spain. He's a white guy. Uh, let's say... Uh, yeah, it'd be pretty... Oh, Rosario Dawson. 
Yeah, but I'm saying her show hasn't come out yet. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. that Rosario Dawson is going to be. Well, the I've show. said this on the pod multiple times. That I think it's the Rosario Dawson show is going to be. It's going to be weird because it's the first ever time like an alien life form is like leading a show and is uh, is, is live action, live action, and it's like controlling the screen for like at least seventy percent of the time. It's gonna, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be very. I hope it's gonna be awesome. They may put her in masks though to help it out. Listen, we'll talk about Ahsoka because there's so much to go with there. But first, uh, Deborah Chow. Uh, big TV director has directed a very, very a lot of TV episodes from your favorite shows: Better Call Saul, um, Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> all of it. Uh, she did some cool Mando. I just think she's done a few episodes here, a few episodes there. But this she's is not a, like a, she's not a huge TV. No, director. she directed a lot, a lot of, a lot of episodes of some of your favorite shows. That's all it is. But, yeah, I mean, the work she's doing here is directing wise is mostly good. I don't think any of the fault goes to her at all. I mean, you know, I wasn't it's all always, story. I wasn't always happiest with how they decided to use the camera. Yeah, you didn't like the chop. You didn't like how choppy it was in the fight scenes. Like, well, no, they were going for this. Is, this is like some real like like cinema talk, right? Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is like um, they went for this look of like not mockumentary but documentary-esque where the camera f- like the camera doesn't know where you're gonna go when you're fighting or anything it follows you and it tries to give more of a realistic look to it and it just it didn't work for me i think they really tried to dif- differentiate themselves they, from the feloni projects they really try to go with this documentary-esque style to just to give and i understand why you do it you do that because you want it to feel real when you do it right and there's that right amount of just shake in the camera. Um, you feel like this is actually happening. Oh. You're in there. The first episode, Riva, when uh, when all the all the three uh, Inquisitors are in, are on Tatooine, and she's just like vaulting over a table. You're like, oh shit, this person means fucking business. Yeah, and it's really cool, like you know, just getting into camera talk when the camera is like, you know, oh, the camera didn't know that was gonna happen, so the camera just picked up on her doing it. And the camera's a little delayed. And that just did not work for me in the Star Wars universe. I like my Star Wars shots usually to be very well choreographed. Yeah, we're talking about the greatest shot in maybe movie history with uh, Donald Glover just sliding under like some rubble at the end That's of Solo. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know this shot, Donald Glover is like sliding 12 feet and it feels so real it's, under some rubble. Look, I, I, we, Really, people should just look up Donald Glover. Uh, no, just watch Solo at the end of Solo. Actually, just... Solo is not bad, but I'm saying if you just want to Solo's see the scene, great. if you just want to see the scene though, like Donald Glover slide Solo, it's great. It's wow. just they got the guy who shot Arrival. By the way, it's like a two second shot, but it's Dude, maybe it's one of the best shots so good I've ever seen. People like are like, yo, this shit, you can you can Oscar nominate it just for this one shot, right? Uh, Reva's character really fast. We liked her from the beginning. I re- I really did like her. I, I, I think she showed the real menacing side of what a lightsaber can do, what the force can do, which we don't see that often. Yeah. Also, like my favorite bits is her just like jumping off rooftops. Yeah. It's badass. Right. But I think her- also like shows you know what the force can do to heighten someone's strength and abilities. But what the problem is is that her whole character is based off getting you know revenge on Vader, but we know that she can't. Because Vader is fine. Come new well, hopes. originally we're like, is she who's she getting revenge on? Is she getting revenge on Vader or Obi Wan or Obi Wan? And like, I feel like the questions were better than the answers. So I feel like we all knew exact- she was that kid from we the very beginning. We all figured it out so fast. Oh, in in the first episode, you're like, okay, she is that kid. We know that. Honestly, would the show have been better if they just like 
said that from the beginning. She is that kid. Now I wish it was like she was tormented in the Jedi Temple. Yeah. Right? And maybe 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 Va- maybe she helped Vader. Like that would have oh, been a cool. Like dark. I I just think uh, making her whole story uh what's it called getting grudge on vader when we know she can't actually get that revenge because vader's fine that's just uh, it's just kind of dumb. i do like how you describe the show it's just grudge match after grudge match it's all it's revenge it's revenge show whatever i mean uh there there is our review and like i also i do like the movie grudge match more with uh oh uh, de niro and stallone yeah awesome movie by the way great movie awesome movie just watch that instead of this great great film yeah what is it that's uh that's our review let's talk about future of star wars though uh, coming out most recently, most currently, we have Andor coming out August 31st, 2022. You know, we got the Gilroys working out at Diego Luna coming well, back. Well, Gilroy wrote some of the scripts. He was going to direct it all. Well, then, Tony but, and Dan, again, both then, of them. I don't know if they're still, though, involved with the show after As of COVID. IMDb, they are involved. Oh, are they directing? So, yeah, some episodes, three, three episodes. Oh, shit. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's a prequel to Rogue One. It's said in the first five years of the Rebellion, and there's no episode count. Diego Luna starring. I mean, I'm it's supposed to be like six, though, from my opinion. Yeah, probably going to be six to eight, somewhere in that range. Yeah, but especially if they're like four. Like, it could minutes. be seven episodes. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all. It could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop looking at your beard. My God, nothing's going to change. <laughs> And then we got Ahsoka, which is our most anticipated show. Yeah, Ahsoka is our most anticipated show. I've said it before, though. They gotta, like, I did not like how Ahsoka looked in daylight during Mando 2.5. It was it was a little annoying for me. I'm really hoping they course correct there. Because I'm saying this. I've said it. I said it earlier. It's going to be hard having an alienoid live action being just, like, leading the show for... For like 70% of the timeouts, it's going to be rough. Also, like, don't even think about us in our 20s. Think about guys in their 50s who just, like, been watching TV all their life. And they're just, like, they've there's never been anything like that. Yeah, I mean, how many hours do you think she's sitting in the chair every morning of film? She's sitting in there at least four hours every morning, three to four hours. More, just getting... more, more, probably. Well, no, you get it down because they've said, because, like, they've talked over the past few years. They've got it really down to a system. Also, they could do a bunch of stuff before you got there. You know what? They should just have her on ice planets, where she could just be clothed up to like. Well, that's what that's what really works about the Ahsoka episode in Mandalorian season two, which is she's wearing she like first a of raincoat. All, yeah, she's. But also, they have like that. It's this gray tone they have it's over very it. Very dark. You got that. It Kira worked Kurosawa a lot look. better. And also, the light. Uh, all we really had illuminating her was the light of the lightsaber. This is gonna be a really tough show to pull off for Filoni because it's not just. Uh, Ahsoka and everything that left off from uh, Mandalorian, right? And her entire story off of Clone Wars. This is pretty much a, a Rebel sequel show. But also, I'm also going to say this. What? The, epi- the episode of uh, Mando 2.5 he directed is like as good as any episode of television. No, it's I know, but this so is... so good. This is, this is a sequel show to Rebels. Yeah. I- I'm wondering how he's going to draw in fans that have not seen Rebels previously. I... I th- I think they're just gonna establish these characters in the opening. They're just Ezra, Thrawn. So, so now here's a real. What do you do, Menemasud playing Ezra? What do you do? Is this like confirmed? Who's yeah, Ezra? I'm pretty sure it's Menemasud. Who? What's he? I been? think he's the guy from. Uh, is he not the guy from Aladdin? Is he not Aladdin? That guy's playing Ezra. If I'm like a hundred percent sure, I have not heard this. But I think it's so tough because you're you're putting in such a large character. 
within the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Also, also, I just know, I just imagine as I just know Ezra is like a smaller guy, or maybe in the later. Oh, he he has oh he has a growth spurt, so maybe he has a growth spurt. Okay, okay. What what do we what do you mean? If he's how old is he at the end of that show? I don't know how old is he. He's very young. He's sixteen. Yeah, Men of Masood is is uh is uh playing uh, Ezra Bridger. Is what's his face confirmed as Thrawn? Um, no, no one. We don't have enough. Jason Isaacs. I don't think we have anything for Thrawn yet. That's always been the rumors. It's like Jason Isaacs. I don't think it's going to be Jason Isaacs at all. Let's see. Jason Isaacs, he's an actor, and Freddie thinks he's going to be playing Thrawn. That's just what I've heard. That's what oh, I've heard. right. I keep forgetting that he's uh, he's Malfoy. Right, right, right. I keep forgetting that he's Malfoy. He's Malfoy's dad. Oh, yeah. I always forget. Um, I do always forget. Yeah, I don't know. Fine. I don't know. But the tough thing is that our lead villain is blue. And our lead character is orange and is an alien. And has fucking things coming out of the back of her head. Has bones for hair. It, it It's going to be a tough thing to pull off, but I don't think that's the toughest aspect. I said it's the it's bringing back the Rebels crew in an emotional way that new time audiences can enjoy. Yeah, because theoretically, we they want more people watching the show than have seen Rebels. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the Rebels... Oh, I don't know what the Rebels viewership number is. For, for, for all we know, Disney Plus is... Like, Disney is the corporation. They're like, yo, 20 million people have seen Rebels. Just No, we just, no, they have not. No, 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 no. I'm just saying somehow they just have some sort of numbers. Because Alex, if you have numbers like that, then you can greenlight this no problem. And you're like... Right, and this isn't Favreau, though. This is straight up Filoni. He's showrunning. He's not... Direct, I don't think he's directing every episode, but he may be writing every episode. My understanding is he wanted to direct every episode. He, if, I'm sure if he wants to, he'll do it. I just don't know if he has the time to do that. I don't know if he has the... Because I know he's also EPing Bad Batch. And Mandalorian Season 3. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, yeah, because I know... He will direct an episode of Mando Season 3 Because I know well. Favreau writes Mando. I'm assuming... I'm assuming... Filoni, like his executive Filoni's producer. Filoni's going to be writing Ahsoka. I, I'm Alex, sure... there's a chance, though... He's just like, I'm working on Ahsoka. No, I'm sure I'll direct an episode or two of Mando 2. Mando well, no, no. If he's directing every episode of... We don't we don't have a real... No, I'm we, saying We don't know if, when the... and there's if. Yeah, but here's a but little... But also, you know, he doesn't have a lot of live action directing experience. So saying he's directing all six is like a big stretch. Big stretch. No, but the, the weird thing is that Mando 3, 2023, we don't exactly know when it's coming out. And Acolyte may be coming out before that. So we may not get Mando till May of next year. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there may be plenty of time. But Mandalorian Season 3 has so many what-ifs. Does this tie into Ahsoka? Is there an overarching story for Filoni's Star Wars live-action universe? Uh, we'll have to wait and find I'm saying, out. what do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I think they got probably an overarching plan. I think, I think whatever they're doing with the, uh, with the Rosario Ahsoka series... They're, they got some... I don't think it's going to be like a one-season thing. I think they got No, I'm saying Filoni said that he wants to bring this all the way to the New Order. And we have already Luke building a temple. Well, then there we go. I'm just saying, like, how do we how do we connect all these huge characters? I, I have no idea. I'm saying in Ahsoka, right, you have you have very powerful characters. Like, Ezra Bridger's a Jedi, right? Thrawn is like... I'm, I'm much more scared of Thrawn than I am Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. I... I just don't know. How do you are you do you get rid of all these people? Ahsoka. What happens to Ahsoka? Who is maybe the most skilled Jedi I on mean, the planet right no, now? No, most skilled uh, force uh, like duelers other than Darth Vader and Palpatine. Like that's it. And uh, he she beats Obi Wan right. Luke. No. At, oh, at that time, yeah, Luke, 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 Luke. Right. It's just her and Luke. Yeah, it's just her and Luke. That's it. 
and like Ezra. I came forgot. I, I don't know why I thought it was that time period, but it's it's post. It's, it's right. It's, it's right before the prequels. Yeah, it's right before the sequels. Right before the also, prequels. you know Ezra can hold his own with lightsaber. No, Ezra's a Ezra's a good Jedi. Right, I'm great just, Jedi. I'm just wondering, like, do you get rid of all these people? I have no idea. I have no idea what you. You know, mean. all those people which are crazier than the Star Wars fans. Those people who are like. We're going to retcon the Star Wars universe, guys. Like, obviously, that's not going to happen. I'm just like, guys, it's the Disney Corporation. Like, no. There was a much bigger chance that we were going to get uh, Snatter Cut than we're ever going to get retconning Star Wars. Yeah. But at the same time, we don't see a lot of Ray stuff. For, for, the, for the sequels being all these huge money makers, then why wouldn't Star Wars just try to make some money off of it? Well, no, because they because Disney themselves has has said we, we were disappointed by what ended by, by the ended up review and critical opinion of uh, the last Star Wars films. They they're not happy with it. Also, I think they finally admitted that they were fan chasing with what they did with everything in JJ's final film, uh, Rise of Skywalker. I think I think Kathleen knows that they were just like whoa, they had these negative opinions about uh. Um, about the what? What was what was uh, Last Jedi? The Last Jedi. So we're gonna do the exact opposite, and it's like, no, you made the mistake, which was not just following through with your initial intent. Yeah, I'm wondering what JJ's initial vision was. Well, that's the thing about JJ because like, a lot of people don't like Force Awakens, but I actually really like. It. Well, Go yeah, on. Yeah, but also JJ himself has said, like, I just set things up and i didn't really have plans for he, where they would go yeah, that's what he did a good i think he did a good job no, I think he did with a star great, trek i think he did a great job with star trek but he didn't have to worry about plot on this he just had to worry about making the singular film yeah like let's make oh nine star trek and we'll worry about it afterwards exactly and that's a, that was very much his approach to this next one and then my understanding is they said yeah so we want to make the uh, the next one <laughs> like two days before release like oh look at all these look at all these numbers we we, we, we think this is gonna be crazy and and Im's like uh you know i don't know if i want to sign on for well like no it wasn't even that it was it was when he finished filming uh, the first film, they were like, he was about to go into post. They were gonna be like, all right, so the second you're done with post, we need you to get back to filming the second one. And he, there's like, no, you need to get get a team set up now. So they were like, ah, fuck, okay, uh, we need to get the script written immediately. Let's just go to Ryan Johnson. And then the plan was, you know, you were gonna get Ryan Johnson, and then you were gonna get uh, Trevorrow, and it's just like. Trevorrow may be like Goyer levels of terrible in terms of just <laughs> writing, directing. Like, I wouldn't give that guy any project anymore. I don't know why we're still giving him money. I mean, Jurassic World is the biggest piece of hot garbage I've ever seen this year. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of the Jurassic franchise. I like I like the first world, and that's it. I actually kind of enjoy the first world. You do? Yeah, I really do enjoy the first world. First of all, it looks incredible. The idea of having this huge Jurassic World theme park is really cool. Like, actually seeing a theme park. Yeah, yeah, the actual theme park elements of it are fun. No, but like actually getting to a theme park, right? Not just getting an island where we can set up a theme park later on. We actually have a theme park now. I just, I just wish, and uh, it's been successful. I think you know, I actually think uh, what's her face is actually a good actress. I Bryce Dallas yeah. Howard. Like, like you know, I I see her in these movies and I shit on her, and then like you look back and see what she did with uh, her episode of Black Mirror, and you're like, oh no, she can uh, fucking act. It's my it's my like top three episode of Black. Yeah, Mirror. and then you're nosedive, like, nosedive, season four, yeah. episode, season three, episode one, and you're like. 
she can act. And also you've seen her at direct episodes of Mando and you're like, oh, she can direct. Much better director than actor. And she plays like damsel well, in distress. I, I, I actually think she's actually a really good, in the right role. I've only seen Much her better as, director than actor. She's a really. I need to see her direct something. She, I've only ever seen her direct in the Star Wars. I need to see her direct something else. We, we, I think we know by now that's pretty tough to do. Oh no, I know it's really hard. To, I just want to see her. I, I, I'm okay. If she, she has like a feature idea she wants to do. I'm down. Like a, like a $20 million feature? Yeah. I, I'm not giving her a $60 million I don't know. Feature. Is she a writer, though? No, 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 no. Have her. I'm saying, like, just uh, just direct. Oh, yeah. Her, da- her dad doesn't. Her dad doesn't write. So. Ronnie? Yeah, Ron, Ron doesn't direct. So, Ron Howard, for those. Doesn't people. write. Doesn't write. He only directs. Yeah. I'd be weary to see that. Uh, And he's, like, you know, and, and he's got an Oscar. So, final question before we end it. Uh, Kathleen, like, what do we do? It, like, how much... They're not going to tell us. I mean, how much of the blame we put on her? Like, we personally did not like the show. I think the majority of people watching the show can understand that that six, at least fifty to sixty percent well, is in bad. The show Alex, we we said, yo, if this fails, it's Kathleen's fault. And it didn't technically fail. It did not fail. When I watched it, I saw failure on screen. People left with a good taste in their. I mouth. know, and Kathleen's going to take that as a W. And I'm like, Kathleen, have higher standards. For I'm like yourself. Kathleen, maybe watch a TV show. Yeah. Like, what's like, going on? Like, I'm, know, I'm watching, I'll watch Riverdale season one over this any day. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This was so bad. And you ruin the good parts by, by, by implementing a story that, that really didn't need to happen. And you're, you're putting so many limitations on yourself for no reason. So Just to try and grab some fans. Right, and I really want. I really did love the a lot of the fight choreography throughout the entire show, but there's just there's a lack of emotional stakes for me. Super, I I, I didn't feel any stakes. If I feel emotional stakes, the smallest fight scene could be the most epic yeah, thing you've like, seen of all like time. Like heroes, which no good fights, right? But you have you have Silas, you have you have, and you have hero and uh, Siler. Siler? Yeah, Siler. Right? And they're just like have glowing arms like talking to each and other. And you're like, what? Yeah, what's going to happen? Are we on the brink of nuclear war? Right, right. right. But, see, but they just have, they're just glowing arms and they're, they're running at each other. Like that's yeah. sick, right? But that's all you need, right? Because Well, I, I, we've always said this. Plot, story, and character can make your can make can make a scene feel like the most epic thing you've seen of all time. Right. I mean, like it's just an example from Naruto, right? Uh, if you actually look at the actual fighting of uh, Neji versus Naruto. It's a bad fight. Terrible fight. Right. I mean, they're running at each other. Like, the, when he actually gets into the Ninetales chakra, they just throw, like, shuriken. Well, and then, actually, there's even a later scene where uh, where two guys look up. They're like, you know, if we're actually analyzing them. They both walk, they both walk away from this mission dead. Like, <laughs> like, 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 there's even a guy in the show who's like, you know, on its face level, neither of these guys should deserve to advance. Right, but listen... What makes that fight so good is like you're you're basing your main theme of OG Naruto in that fight over like what is how do you get how do you garner respect within the Jedi within the within the Shinobi Shinobi world. I'm right? <laughs> just saying like you, you put more into it from the emotional side of it and less into it from the choreography side of exactly. it. Exactly. Well, no, it's just a big deal that Naruto just pops up and gets them, and we're like, what he won? Because also Nechi's just giving the speech about how you know. You're born, you know, either you're born a winner or you're not. And Naruto's like, yeah, fuck that noise. 
I just beat you. Yeah, because I was born a winner. I'm a son of a Hokage, and I have a nine tails seven. Well, yeah, that's the <laughs> whole, ah, that's the whole separate story. The fight they're fighting over is not the same fight that Rock Lee was fighting. If we're just, yeah. if we're just getting into Naruto one side, I'll just go because a lot of people don't understand this. Rock Lee proved that you don't you that hard work can garner respect. You don't have to necessarily. He's not going to become Okage, and that's fine. But he got the respect of the village because he worked hard. There we go. That's it. All right. There we go. Uh, Obi Wan review. A little bit of Naruto sprinkled in for you. For you yeah, fans. Yeah, yeah. If, if you know, if there's high demand for a Naruto pod, we could always go there. I don't know. That there's no such thing as a Naruto pod. You there's can't like, just you can't just pod about Naruto. Like, what does that mean? You need to pod about a specific topic within Naruto. Okay. No, but you know what I mean. I know. You just be like, go oh, Naruto two hundred five hundred episodes. Episode three hundred and seventy uh, seventy two. You know, like it's some such fun a, stuff. It's such a like. You, it's like how do I pot about the entire Game of Thrones in yeah. one pot? You can't do. That's why they have shows talking about and even a season of Game of Thrones. There's just so much. Or I, you know, you you could you could break out an arc. In, in Naruto, you Very could. tough. Oh, you could do arcs. You could do arcs. Yeah, you could do arcs. Arcs is the only way to do it. All right, there we go. Uh, after nap, uh, follow, like, subscribe, listen, don't. Uh, there you go.